fun stuff out of it. I didn't mean to not hit record 15 minutes ago when we started talking. I think it's been more than 15 minutes. We just watched a whole episode. <laughs> no, we've watched two. No, we have not. We have not been talking for 30, for 40 minutes. We have not. I promise we have not. <laughs> I'm not going to go back over my stuff, but go back over your thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. You've reached the Chase Lounge, and this is take two because we forgot to... I forgot to hit record 15 minutes ago when we started talking. <laughs> but you have to you have to tell the story of the combo if we don't do anything. We're planning on doing like a bunch of Am I the Assholes today, but we ha- you have to tell the story of the combo of what happened this morning. <laughs> I don't know if I can get back into it again. <laughs> well, let me re-pour my wine out. My non-alcoholic well, wine. Okay, I, I'll say that... Oh, my God. I am so sorry. Different things that I see makes my mind wander in all kinds of... Okay, you double-checked to make sure... I double-checked it to make sure we're recording. <laughs> I mean... Just... I, I don't know. I don't even know an example off my head right now, but... I saw this deal at work, and it was this big cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> Not calling you fat, dude. <laughs> he, to- he, to- he totally is. He's hefty. <laughs> I'm a bear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, it had the company's name on the side of it, right? You know how things just kind of strike you as. And sometimes, okay, okay, like. I mean, like, I have stupid shit that I keep just because I know it's going to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Like the picture of this cougar that, or a puma mm-hmm. that looks like it's about to sneeze or something, and it kind of looks like he's smiling, right? Mm-hmm. And the caption on it is, stop, 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 you're going to make me poo my pants, you know? <laughs> and so, and just stupid shit like that, right? But this, it had the company's name on the side, and I saw it. When I first saw it, I thought it said Cantonese. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cat and knees, that's weird. And I looked at it again. I said, like, okay, that's not what it says. But then it hit me what it said. And I just started laughing. And my boss came up and he goes, what? And I had to like stop my forklift. And he's like, what is so funny? And I had to tell him. And and, and after I explained it to him, he, he's, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he started laughing. He couldn't. He said, I've never picked up on that before. <laughs> but what it was, the name on the side of, the, of this big cardboard box. And it's a combo. If you don't want a combo, it's just like a big cardboard box but with no top on it, mm-hmm. okay? The name on the side was C-E-L-A-N-E-S-E. And in my brain, I pronounced it Selenese. Mm-hmm. Or it could be Colonnese, or, you know, you never know, Yeah, right? there's no telling how they pronounce it. No telling. And that's what made me start laughing. And when he was, my boss asked me what it was, I was like, okay, look, you know, every company's name comes from something that's important to the person that started the company or maybe something that has to do with what they're selling. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're talking about like with Walmart. You know, you have H-E-B in Texas. You Mm -hmm. know, different stores. I'm sure J.C. Penney, J.C. starts with somebody's name who started or something. J.C. Penney is the guy's name that started it. Okay, well, so I didn't know. You know, I'm sure the same thing with like Bells and Belk and... Spencer's and whatever, right? Mm. Or uh, anything that sells anything. (laughs) (laughs) But 
I had this thought. I, my mind started wandering, and that's what made me laugh. And when I explained to my boss, I said, look, I, I, you know, that's how the names come up. And all I could think of is this guy has started this company. And this thing had something like steel wires in it or something, almost like tension cables or something. I don't know. And he probably, you know, I'm sitting there saying, okay, he probably called some buddies up. Say, hey, man, this is what I'm going to, y'all need to come over here. This is what I'm going to be making. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to name my company. I don't want to name it after myself because, you know, and they're like, all right, man, well, you know, what, what you going to be selling to people? And he showed them, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to be selling these. <laughs> and, he's, and they're like, well, there you go. Let's <laughs> so just call it selling these. Selling these. <laughs> What you gonna be? What's your product, man? We're gonna, we gonna be selling these. <laughs> but oh my God, it's not as funny now because I've said it so many times to myself. But when I was trying to explain that to you, man, oh my God, I was I was having trouble. My eyes were watering. I was laughing so hard at that stupid shit. Well, it made me feel good because you sent me the picture of that combo, and you you basically. You were like, well, I'm going to talk to you about this later, but I'm going to send you the picture now so that you can see it. And you sent me a picture of that combo. And I didn't actually expect you to respond to it right away, except for, okay, what does this mean? <laughs> but my, my response was, selling these what? <laughs> right? <laughs> because I picked up on the same thing that you picked up and on. And as soon as I said that, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my God, I love this fucking woman. <laughs> <laughs> damn, that had me tickled. <laughs> and I needed to end off my week with a good on a good note because when you go from working nine, maybe ten hours a day to eleven, twelve, and thirteen hours a day, mm-hmm. yeah, you, those last three days this week were rough. You've had you've had a rough work week this week, um, and in fact, I think you actually came home halfway through one of your one of your days, and you still worked more hours this week than on a normal week. Even after missing half a day. Yeah. Well, I didn't come home like... Well, yeah, I did come home early one day because I didn't have mm-hmm. a truck. But I got the truck because we didn't have a truck on Tuesday. And, and it's not... And I did go get the truck on Wednesday. It's not just that you were that you came home early or whatever. It's that you were going in every morning at 3 a.m. Well, I was getting up at 3 in my shift. I was getting there about 3.45 for a 4 o'clock shift. Yeah. And your shift don't normally start that early. No, usually you know, don't go until six. Yeah. So I mean you were already front loading the, the front of your day and then you were having to stay later than you normally stay and it's just it, well, it's, it's been weird. a long it's like week. We have these little handhelds that we do everything on that we scan pallets in and out on. Mm-hmm. And after your fifth <clears throat> hour is complete of your day, which most of the guys up there don't start till eight. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one o'clock. At one o'clock it's going to force you to take a 30-minute lunch break. Right. Now, granted, if you're driving, you can keep driving. You keep doing whatever you're doing. You just can't do anything in your handheld for 30 minutes. And it caught me off guard, and it gives you a warning 30 minutes ahead of time. And that was really weird because some of these guys one morning were getting ready to get out. They came in and got their stuff ready to get ready to go out, and my handheld started beeping. And I'm like, who the hell's handheld beeping already? And I'm like, that's my uh, thirty-minute warning before I have to take my lunch break at nine o'clock in the fucking morning. Mm-hmm. They're like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, I been coming in at four o'clock while he was gone." Yeah, which because your boss has been gone all yeah, week. Yeah, which made it really sink in and obvious now on what my position is there. 
Yeah, because up until now they haven't known. They well, they officially. They, yeah, they haven't officially known that you were the driver lead. Right, but they know now. They know now, and that one guy just really hates you because of it. Oh yeah, because you we've had two guys that it's been it was offered to, and they neither one of them showed one had any interest in it, and then that's when. Our terminal manager jokingly said, hey, you want to come to first shift? I've got a driver position open. Yeah, because that's when you were on second. And I was like, and I just kind of bl- played it off. But then you and I talked about it, and I was like, I'm going to see if he's serious about this. And he's like, you really want to do it? And I was like, I'm considering it. Because said, he'd been trying to get you on first yeah. shift for <laughs> six months. And he was like, so when, when, when do you want to come? I said, well, how soon can I go? He, go, he, looked, he looked at the calendar. He goes, well, it's Thursday. You can start Monday. <laughs> <laughs> because that was, that was the big thing that we had to discuss because it was a pay cut going from second shift to first shift. Right. It wasn't a huge pay cut, but it was enough that it was going to impact us, you know. Right. Uh, you know, impact us, yeah. And so... Because um, so I had we, to go down quite a bit of money per hour because I had to be a... I had to be on first shift for at least 60 days mm-hmm. before they would allow him to make me the driver lead. Right. And during those 60 days, and actually since those 60 days, one of the guys that had previously been offered to started asking about it again if it was still open and of course dom he's been kind of like uh, i mean i don't even know if they're going to fill it anymore yeah. you know but like they, putting like, everybody off like they were they they knew you know they knew they knew they they knew you were the lead but nobody had ever actually come out and told them nobody you were the would lead. come out and say it but then your boss had to go to a different location this week right so his Number two filled his position. Actually, you didn't. Well, you filled. You I filled, filled the, the position. main position in the mornings. Yeah. So, like, and, and they didn't allow anybody else to do that. So it became real super fucking obvious who the driver lead was. Yeah. And that <laughs> that one guy <laughs> freaking hates you anyway. <laughs> okay, so he would at least acknowledge me. Yeah. But this week, wouldn't even do that. Yeah. Yeah, just hates you. Just hates you. Because he's worked there so much longer and thought... Well, he he's des- only been there like five months longer than I have. But still longer. Yeah. And thought he deserved the lead position. But the problem is, nobody on his route likes him. No, none of his customers like him. Because every time I run his route, they're like, Oh, thank good, you're back. Are you keeping this route now? Are you, are you going to stay on this route? It's like, no, dude, I told you. I just, I'm just, I fill in whenever somebody's out. They're like, oh, well, we need you to. You need to stay on this route. <laughs> but you you hear that a lot on just about every route you're on too. Oh well, yeah. Because people people like you except except for those uh, those old people that tried to like bum rush you that time. They they didn't like you. At the old folks' home when you wouldn't take that chair up to that lady. Oh room? yeah, I thought about getting my ass whooped that day. <laughs> Woo! I had to Granny. fight some old people to get out of the nursing home. Granny was going to throw some hands. <laughs> Grandpa was going to throw some hands. Well, it was Grandpa that stood <clears> in the doorway. <laughs> Didn't want to let me out. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think so, man. I don't know really had 
like an issue issue with like one actual customer and he was he started cussing about some shit that I because I wanted to turn around on his property instead he made me like blindside back in off the road and he had a big ass area mm-hmm. and I, I said you know right fine so I backed up and then he came out there and he goes this is why I don't want you motherfuckers doing this I was just like and I already had it my pallet jack in the trailer and I was bringing his pallet to the end so he could get it off of the forklift and then when he started that I, and we have like clips on our pallet jacks to clip them to the side of the trailer so they don't go rolling around mm-hmm. I clipped it to the side of the trailer I climbed out and I shut the door He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm leaving. He's like, you didn't give my stuff yet. I said, you talk to me like that, dude, I'm not going to. I'm leaving. So I don't get paid enough to listen to that crap. So I don't, I don't, I don't have to deliver this to you. Is, well, I mean, you don't deserve to be abused. And he goes, well, I'm half paid for this. You have to. I ain't got to do shit, dude. And I went and got in the truck. And then he came up and started apologizing and everything. Because he came up and apologized to me when I was on the phone with my boss. And, of course, my boss is like, yeah, fuck him. Bring that shit back here. He can come get it from here if he wants it. I said, he can either come over here and get it in his pickup truck, or we can throw it out in the fucking street. (laughs) So, yeah, he was like, fuck that dude. (laughs) Oh, your job was so much fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, like, now I've kind of bit myself in the foot because we have, or put my foot in my mouth, I guess. We have a customer that's just right down the road from us. Like, when you exit off to come to us, you drive right past them, mm-hmm. okay? Everybody hates going to this place. Because when you pull in, I mean, it's not like it's hard to get to, right? You walk in, say, hey, you got anything for us today? And the guy says yes or no. Most of the times, he's like, no, I don't know why they sent that in. Mm-hmm. And, it get, and people get frustrated for having to go by there for no reason. And... uh and when they do have stuff, once you get all the paperwork and everything, you have to drive all the way around their big building and back up to this outside dock. And the outside dock, it's not a pain in the butt. It's just a little rough on the where the tractors and shit go through out there, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, But it takes them a while every freaking time, right? And so a few times ago when I went out there, the guy did like he always does. All right, man, I'll have somebody out there as quick as I can to get you loaded. And I'm going to say, and I turned around. I started to go out. So I turned around. I said, well, wait a minute, though. Okay. We've been up here for 15 minutes already. And he's like, okay. And I said, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but we have a 30-minute time limit. And he looked at me and says, what do you mean? I said, from the time I come in, acknowledge that I'm here, start this whole check-in process or whatever, I said, if you're not loading us within 30 minutes of the time I check in, I, I leave. Because that last time you had me back there for 45 minutes, and I got in trouble for staying longer than my 30. Mm-hmm. Because at 20, usually about 25 to 30 minutes into it, our boss is sending a message. Hey, your time's almost up. If they ain't start loading you in the next two minutes, roll out. Mm-hmm. Right? And I said, so right now, as it stands... You've got 15 minutes. I said, it's not 15 minutes to finish loading. Because there was like 25 of these little crates I had to get. Mm-hmm. I said, we understand it takes time to load. But if you haven't started, by the time that 30 minutes is up, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm not waiting around. 
And he's like, he kind of looked at me funny. I was like, yeah, dude, sorry. And I said, you've already been here 15 minutes. I said, I've already been here 15 minutes. And it's going to take me at least five minutes to drive around the building and back into your dock. So once I bump that dock, you've got 10 minutes to get started or I'm out. So I drove around the dock. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. I drove around the building. As I back in, I bumped the dock. Before I got out of the truck, because, you know, we have to do labels. We have to measure everything. So I was getting my labels ready. I was getting my tape measure ready. And I get grabbing my phone. As I was getting out of the truck, I heard the door open, the dock plate down, and my truck started shaking. They were There was two forklifts already loading that shit. <laughs> and every time since I've been there, when that guy comes up, check me, how long you been here? Ten minutes. Okay, okay, okay. And so I, so he's so I to told go. my boss, that, hey, everybody hates going by there? I don't care. I'll go. I ain't going to be there long. I guarantee you. Yeah. I've already told the guy. And he goes, well, shit, I guess ain't nobody else ever told him that. <laughs> I said, well, I am. Well, at least he wasn't an asshole about it. No. Like, he, you know, he just didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know. Yeah. But with LTL, because LTL is different than OTR. Yeah. OTR, if you, if you, you all, they all have appointments. Mm-hmm. So if they have an appointment for 2 p.m., well, if they show up at 11 in the, in the morning, they can't start charging detention because it's after two hours. Mm-hmm. So if, if their appointment's at 2, if they're still there at 4, after 4, they get to start charging detention. Mm-hmm. But if they show up at 11, they still don't get to start charging detention until 4 because their appointment was at 2. And so... But with us, we don't have appointments. Mm-hmm. So, And everybody knows that. When we get there, when you send it in on the handheld, that's telling us, hey, it's ready. Mm-hmm. So we go there. You got 30 minutes or we're out. If you want me to stay longer, that's fine. I got to go call my boss and approve it to him for, or let him know. Because at minute 31, they're going to start charging detention. Mm-hmm. And it ain't cheap. No. Not for LTL. No. And so they're like, they, they, you tell, you start explaining that to them, they get your ass out of there quick. They don't fuck around. <laughs> well, I mean, at least, like I said, at least the guy wasn't a dick about it. No, he you really know, he wasn't. Just, he, he was just unaware. Yeah. And at least he's willing to step to and do what he needs to do to get you in and out. Yeah. You know, so that, that's, that's good. You, and I, I make sure I tell, like, the customers that are notoriously about making you stand around and wait. There's one that we pick up for a company that does kitchen faucets. Mm-hmm. We pick up from like three or four of their different locations. One of them is a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Like you will go stand on their dock and forklift people and other people that load you will drive by you 10 fucking times and not even acknowledge you're there. Jeez. Right. No, thank you. Yeah. And. They know what time I get there because you have to hit the little call button on the intercom for them to open the gate to let you in. Mm-hmm. And it has a camera. So they know when you get there, right? And I'm like, name of the company, and I read out the time, I'm here. I go up, I walk in, and I start watching my clock. And if 30 minutes hits up and they haven't told me to get in the door, I go back in my truck and I leave. And I've had them call and say, hey, what happened over this place? They said you left. <laughs> I was there for 35 minutes. They're like, okay, fuck them then. <laughs> and but, but this one was a big order, so I had to get it picked up. 
And when we do pickups, uh, when they come through, it's not a huge thing if we miss the pickup. But if we miss it two days in a row, corporate gets really pissed off at us. Mm-hmm. Right. We can get in trouble for it. Yeah. And we'd already missed this one the day before. Oh, shit. So I had to do it. Right. And I was already been there for like 20 minutes. I'm like, man, shit. I said, you know what? I'm going to get somebody over here. I'm going to get somebody over here quick. You can't be on their dock without a safety vest. I had my safety vest on. I took my safety vest off and laid it over this bar and started walking up and down the dock. I was messing with shit. <laughs> Somebody finally come on, man, can we help you? I said, oh, hell, y'all, y'all can see me. I thought maybe because I had my vest on over there, y'all couldn't see me, you know. But I'm here for a pickup, and you know if y'all got something for me, if not, I got to go. Like, oh, yeah, we got, and I haven't ended up picking like 20-something pallets from them. <laughs> You're such an asshole. And damn right. <laughs> But I did. I told him, okay, I just thought maybe with that bright vest on, y'all couldn't see me, so I took it off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your job is fun. I, I make it fun sometimes. <laughs> I really, really do. You get you get to play the asshole to people a lot. But, I, but I'm a nice asshole about it. And you it all are depend, not a nice asshole. It all depends on how they act. Because I act very, very professional to every person. Until they give me a reason not to. And I'm not stupid enough to ever say or do anything that could cost me my job. You uh, you almost did the other I day. I came close. You almost did. I came close. Because you called me as soon as that happened and you were like, I but, almost just fucking lost my job. <laughs> but the customer that was there, he's the one that ended up stepping in and shutting it all down. Uh, let's just tell the story so people don't want well there's like a little small alleyway at this customer that I had to deliver to right so when i'm in this alleyway you can get by if you have a motorcycle yeah maybe but right you're, but you're not getting through there in a car no and everybody comes around the back side to come in mm-hmm. everybody this car with these two guys tried to come in the opposite way and when they got there, I'd already finished unloading. I was just waiting for the guy to come back with the last pallet from unloading, from sitting down the last pallet to sign off on my handheld so I could leave. Mm-hmm. And these dudes started honking a horn at me. And I'm like, what? They're like, move your truck. We got to get by. And I'm like, well, you, I said, and, and this is ex- honestly, this is what I said to them, right? I said, hey, guys. I'm just waiting for him to come back to sign this, and then I'll, I'll be getting out of your way. And they're like, well, you're not, no, you need to, when he does that, you need to go that way. I'm like, that way? That's the direction that, uh, forward is the way out, not backwards. They were wanting me to try to back up and maneuver my truck and trailer over to a point where they could squeeze by. <laughs> and I'm like, no, uh-uh, that, that ain't happening. I'm not backing up for you. I'll go this way. And he's and they're like, and, and when I was talking to this guy, they pulled up right up front, of, like within about three feet of the front of my, tr- my truck. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I was like, dude, I said, you're, you're not going to give me room to get by? So all you had to do is back up. I'm about to get in the truck. I can leave. No, you're going that way. I was like, I'll sit right here. <laughs> and he's like, well, we can sit here too. And I was like, Psh. I said, I don't give a crap. I said, I'm getting paid by the hour. I don't give a crap how long you sit there. <laughs> I'm fine. I'll sit right here and make money because I'm not going to get cut and pay. I'll, I'll, that's fine. We can do that. 
And then I saw him put his car in park and open his door. And I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> and, and, and one of them got up out of the car. And I was like, nah, we're not doing this. I said, we are not doing this today. I said, I'm not about to lose my job over you. I said, you just need to go ahead and get back in your car. And then the other guy got out of the car. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because I don't know if this other dude's going to help back me up or what's going on. And they both stood up and they started walking toward this way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You said, y'all need to get back in your car. I said, because I don't know how you think all this shit's going to turn out. But it's not going to turn out the way you think. And I said, okay. Because if you come over here, I said, I'm not going to start anything with you. But if you get too close to me, I said, I will take it as a threat. And I said, I will put you down and I will put you down hard. I ain't, I ain't got time to fuck with this today. And they both kind of looked at me. And then about that time, the, uh, the, the, the guy that was unloaded, he come walking up and said, man, what are you doing? I said, these dudes. And he turned around and looked at them and he goes, you dumb mother. Man, get y'all's ass back in your fucking car and get out of his goddamn way so he can leave. This man's got a job, dude. What the fuck is wrong with you? And them guys kind of looked at him and they got in his car and then they backed up and let me out. <laughs> Y'all know better than that bullshit. You go in the other way. <laughs> but they were, but they, but the spot they had to go to was just behind where my trailer was. Idiots. All they had to do was back up, drive around the little drive, and get back to where they wanted to be. Idiots. But they wanted to try to show an ass because there's two of them and one of me. And that's what happens a lot. But then when somebody don't back down, then it gets their mind thinking. Wait like, a minute. Oh shit, why is this guy not backing down? There's two of us and one of him, and this dude's threatening to, to hurt us? Maybe we need to rethink this shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, and it's. And I did tell my boss about it. Of course, Dominic had already said, no, you promised me if shit like that ever is going to happen, you better call me first because I want to come watch. <laughs> I, I think a lot of guys, I think they see you and they see you from what amounts to a distance and they're making assumptions and then maybe they get a little closer to you and they realize, Oh shit, he gets taller and bigger when you get closer to him. Cause you're not a small person. No, you're six, three, two eighty. I mean, you're, you're like, you're built like a fucking linebacker. And <clears throat> on top of that, very confident because you do know how to put people down because <laughs> you were taught how to put people down. And so I think when those guys started walking towards you and realized, shit, he's just getting bigger as we're getting, getting did, closer to but him. But I did tell him, I told him, you, you come over here and you get too close, I will put you down and I will put you down hard. <laughs> I'm like, I promise you, I will make it hurt. Well, see, what cracks me up is that you, you've got some moves um, that you were taught when you were, when you were back at the prison that you have taught your oldest son you've taught not just at the prison it was for the ERT yeah for the ERT but um you you've taught some of these moves to Alex yes and Alex had a football player fucking with him because Alex is a band they were he was the drum major yeah he's a band nerd they were practicing some football players started throwing rocks over at them hit one of their instruments that the guy was holding while he was using it and Alex told him to quit. Exactly. And then the guys started messing with him specifically. Came over, to him. came over to him to try to like intimidate him. Yeah, physically intimidate him. And Alex pulled one of those moves. It, it, it's a non. It's a non-lethal move. It's, right. It, it will not hurt you as long as you do not put any pressure. 
If you fight back. If you fight back, it will hurt a lot. It makes it hurt worse. But if and you just... you can, can continue to apply pressure. And it's very, very easy to break something if you need to. Yes, but Alex was not trying to break any bones. No. But what he did is he controlled the situation and the football player, he put him down on the ground and held him there, basically with one hand. And made him say that he was done. Made him say that he was sorry, made him say that he was done. And he, he said he was going to come back with some of his buddies to kick their ass. And, and Alex is like, what are you going to do? Tell him a band, a band nerd kicked your ass? Like, go go yeah. away and leave us alone. Yeah. Like, seriously, you're going to tell them, your buddies, your football buddies, that a band nerd just held you on the just ground. put you down. With basically two fingers. Is that what you're going to say? Well, technically, it's three fingers. Or, oh, two fingers and a thumb. Unless you really want good, good pressure, then you put extra fingers in. And then when you twist. I've you, never yeah. been able to perfect, uh, to do that move. <laughs> like, you've shown me how to do it two or three times, and I can't get it right. Well, there... Uh, there is actually a right and wrong way to do it. Uh, the wrong way will still sort of work. But if you do it the right way and in the right order, because you have to twist and bend. Mm -hmm. And if you don't twist and bend and bend and then try to twist, it doesn't work the same. Well, I, I can't when seem you, to get it right. Because when you twist just right, it puts pressure on certain ligaments. Mm -hmm. And then when you bend, those ligaments don't like to bend in that way after they're twisted. Mm. And so it hurts like a motherfucker. <laughs> Unless you just go with it and hit the ground. <laughs> and if you try to get up, I'll say, uh -uh. just add a little bit more twist at that point. And it, it pretty much stops someone from wanting to advance mm -hmm. any further. And it's a real simple move. Yeah. A real simple move. But, you know, I, I can't seem to get it right. Because, <laughs> like, remember uh, Kevin Rose? Mm-hmm. At Sanderson? Yeah. Big guy, young kid. Big guy. He was trying to start shit and I was like you know what I'm not doing anything with you right here I said let's go into the training room let's see what happens and he goes alright let's go let's go let's go we'll go in the training room we went in there and about two seconds I had him on the floor and I told him I wouldn't let him up until he called me daddy <laughs> <laughs> and he never tried to fuck with me again <laughs> well I've, I've even seen guys uh, uh, was, was it uh, Jose at the uh, at the Pilgrim's plant in Lufkin Tried to mess with you one time, like physically intimidate you, or like he—he he was just messing with you. He—he he wasn't being serious or anything. Um, but the maintenance guy, you know who I'm talking about? Which one? Jose? Was it Jose? Baron. Jose, yeah. So he was—he was trying to mess with you, and I remember him trying to push you mm -hmm. because he thought because he was a big guy. He was trying to push up against. Push me somewhere. I don't remember what it was. I was trying to well, get from somewhere, and he was going to try to push me out of the way. I don't remember what the situation was. But Jose Jose Barone was probably a good three ten. He was about your height, but he was three ten, three twenty, big guy. Yeah. And at the time, you were about two twenty. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. I mean, because you were you were just just much smaller. Right. And 
he thought he could just like basically pick you up and push, push you around and yeah. he found out real damn quick that he couldn't <laughs> and it was funny because he had the most funniest look on his face he was he very dumbfounded it. he couldn't figure out why he couldn't figure out why what had happened how it happened yeah he was confused yeah because it happened real quick like he started pushing you and then you like flipped it back on him and yeah and then that was all she wrote <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> well, if it's okay with you, I yep. would like to do some Am I the Assholes? Yes, because that, that seems to be all a very, I had to talk about. That seems to be a very popular part of our podcast with our And it's a fun one. It is. It's fun. All right, let's roll. Come on. I like reading you the titles and then figuring out what you're going to say right, about them and Come then on. seeing let's if go. you're right. Hit, hit me with it. Hit me with it. <clears throat> I got Diablo 4 to play tonight. I'm sorry, honey. I, and we are going to watch uh, Loki tomorrow, though. We may need to have a talk. But anyway. What? No, no, no. Let's have this talk. What? Do you really want to have a talk like this on the podcast? Let's roll. I ain't scared. <laughs> Hold on. I might be. You just looked at me weird. That game is going to end our marriage. Why? I used to get weekends with you, and now I get the podcast with you. We'll, 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 we'll see. Come on. Okay. Am I the asshole for yelling and telling my husband that he can't be with his childhood best friend? Yes. You want to stick with that answer? Yep. Why do you want to stick with that answer? He had that friend before y'all got married, I bet. I'm 23. I've been married to my husband, who's also 23, whom we'll call John, for a long time. We're a happy couple who had no problems with one another, that is, till two months back. You see, ever since my husband was six, he had a best friend who we'll call Christy. When John and Christy were 14, they started dating. They dated all throughout high school, but because my husband moved to a different state when they turned 18, they found it difficult to have a long-distance relationship, which only lasted for two months. After that, they decided to break up, but they promised each other they would remain good friends. Then at 20, so three years ago, me and my husband met, dated for eight months, and got married. <clears throat> Everything was going well in our lives, but two months ago, John, my husband, gets a call from Christy saying that she's moving into the same city as us. John was overjoyed, and I was happy for him. All three of us met at a cafe, caught up in everything. It was all okay for the first week or so, but then this friend of me and my husband invited us to a party at his house. John insisted on bringing Christy along, and the two of them sat and drank throughout the evening. During the party, I was searching for John to ask for something, but I saw something disgusting. John was sitting on the couch, and Christy was sitting in his lap. John had wrapped his arms around her, and Christy was stroking his hair. They were smiling and talking in kind of a flirtish manner. I called out John. As soon as he and Christy heard me, they immediately separated and sat apart. I didn't even know how long they'd been sitting that way or what they were talking about. I felt awkward about it, so I decided not to mention it to John when we got home. After that, I caught them sitting uncomfortably close to one another and immediately separating after they see me. I so talked to John point, about it. I knew they were doing something wrong. I talked to John about it, but he just made some excuse like, oh, she was just getting dust out of my eye. Last month, my mother was sick, so I left her home I left her home in, a, in another city for two days. Left for her home in another city for two days. When I returned early morning, I caught John sitting and sleeping shirtless on the couch with Christy's head in his lap, sleeping as well. I woke them up angrily. They both looked extremely embarrassed. John said he invited Christy to just watch some movies, and he only stripped off because the air conditioner wasn't working. But I had the strangest feeling that Christy had stayed there the entire two days that I was gone. I asked John about it, but he completely denied it. 
I don't trust him, and when he went to take a shower, I checked his phone. He and Christy had been messaging for the last two months, said very lovey-dovey things to each other on one of their texts. They don't necessarily say things like, I love you, but they say things like, you're my soulmate, and I don't have a purpose in life without you. I also found John saying Christy to come over for the two days that I was gone, and Christy agreed, so she had stayed there for the entire time. I showed John these texts, and he admitted to lying to me. He said the only reason he had lied to me was because he knew I'd overreact if I found out. I screamed in rage and said, well, how's this for an overreaction? Tossed his phone across the room. John said, listen, I can explain, but I immediately started packing my bags and left that afternoon. While leaving, I screamed, now you can call Christy for the whole time. Have fun. I went over to my mother's house and decided to stay there for at least a week. I got many, many calls, texts, and emails from John's and even a few calls and texts from Christy, but I immediately blocked her number. I didn't want anything to do with her. I'm at my mom's currently and would like some advice. Should I have given my husband a second chance, listened to what he wanted to say, and stayed with him? Or do I do the right thing with leaving him and should divorce him immediately? She should divorce because she already says she don't trust him. You can't stay married to somebody you don't trust. I agree. They got to cut ties. She got to go. Yeah. Christy is the other woman in their marriage. Mm -hmm. She got to go. Yeah. We'll throw the whole man away. Yeah, I mean, just if the the second you say that she said that she that she can't trust him, it's it's done. Yeah. Okay, if you can't trust your your husband or your wife, then no, yeah, that that's it. You got to go. And I'm sorry that two days they were having sex with each other. Oh yeah, they were fucking like rabbits. They I were 100 percent having sex with each other. Oh yeah. He needs to go be with Christy and be happy. But I have a feeling that if he's with Christy, he's not going to be happy either. Mm-mm. There's just something tells me that, like, even if he's going to be with her, something's going to go wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to work What's out. What's the old saying? He wants to have his cake and eat it, too? Mm-hmm. So you're changing your mind on the... <laughs> on the am I the asshole? I mean, because of the situation, it was very obvious what was going on between him and Christy. I mean, if there was... You know, it's not because Chrissy's a girl. No. It's because they're not trustworthy. Exactly. My best best friend friend is male. Your best friend is male. And and, And I have no issues because I trust you both. And I like him. And and we we would never. (laughs) We would never. That's not the relationship that we have. And if it was, I wouldn't be with you. Yep. Because that wouldn't be fair to anybody. But yeah, I, I think I think having a opposite sex best friend is fine, provided that you're not cheating on your significant other with them. Right. Because that's not okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to revoke our prenup? I have been married to my wife for over two years now, and we've been together for six years. I come from a substantially wealthy family. I have a few assets, both inherited and built upon, in my name. My wife, on the other hand, comes from a lower-income household. When we started dating, the economic difference was very evident. While I trust her in general, my family is riddled with stories of gold diggers in both genders. So I told her if we were to get married, I would be comfortable only if she signed a prenup. It's not as if I won't share my privilege with her at all. I would provide the best life for us, as long as we're together. She readily, uh, she agreed readily, claiming she loved me for me and not for my wealth. Hence, we have a prenup. 
To clarify, she was working all that time, but with our income disparity, I was covering 70% of the, the expenses. Barely a year into the marriage, she got pregnant. We were both happy about it. Five months in, she wanted to quit her job. I supported her decision since I was making more than enough money to support us. But three months into having a newborn, she demands that I revoke the prenup. Her argument is that she's staying home to raise our kid and putting her career on the line, so there should not be any prenup. I reminded her that I was taking care of us financially while she stayed home with our baby. She said that it's my duty as a father to look after him as well. I said by that logic, staying home with our baby is her duty as a mother and not something to be compensated for. Not to mention it was her choice to stay home. She got pissed at me, saying that I don't care about her at all. It's untrue, but her logic is not making sense here. She's not letting this go, and she's saying that I'm ruining her life by holding the purse strings so tight. That she deserves to be on the title of our home, at least. When I reminded her that it's a premarital property, and if she wants her name on a title deed, we can buy a new property together when she gets back to work. Further info, I'm not only taking care of my family financially, I'm also putting money into her retirement fund. I just put my income, other than properties, into a joint account, and we both spend from it. Am I the asshole for not revoking the prenup? Nope. I mean, why is she so worried about a prenup all of a sudden? Is she planning on leaving him? That's what I want to know. Is there something going on where she's, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's, there's, there's more to this story, I think. Maybe she's afraid that if they were to get divorced, she wouldn't have anything child support or alimony or anything like that. Maybe that's what she's afraid of with the prenup. Or maybe one of her friends has gotten in her ear and told her that it's not fair that he has access to everything and she doesn't have access to anything. There's, there's, there's something in this story that's not being told. Because it just seems weird that out of the blue, she would you know, after having agreed to it, she would suddenly start saying, no, I don't want this anymore. Is she planning on leaving him? That's what I want to know. And that's what I think he should ask her. Yeah. <laughs> Are you planning on leaving me? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, uh, there's, some of the comments are saying, um, <clears throat> uh, like a prenup cannot waive away or nullify child support, and in many states a judge can override it during the divorce if the terms are lopsided or abusive to one party. Um, prenup, prenups do not supersede marital law of the state. Um. So she would she would still get money from the estate if she were to leave. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as much as she thought she was getting, and not half of his assets. I don't know. There's there there there's something going on there that something going on there. Okay, you're gonna like this one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm giggling because I can't wait to hear your response on this one. <laughs> All right, hit me with one. Make sure I'm concentrating on this one. Am I the asshole for telling my husband to get over it when my sister got into an accident in his car? <laughs> Couple years back, my sister uh, my sister lived with us. In this specific case, she was running late to work and her car was in the shop at the time. She begged my husband to use his car, but he kept denying her and telling her she's too inexperienced. She'd been only been driving for a year and a half at the time. She was in a rush and made the not-so-great decision and took his car without his consent. Oh, bitch is out. <laughs> oh, not getting over it? She's getting out? No. My get out of here, bitch. Get out. Get out of my house. My get out. You're gone. Bye. 
My bye, Felicia. <laughs> Her name needs to be Felicia. She bye. Bye. My husband rushed out of the Ooh. door as soon as he heard the engine start, but he was too late. Well, like I said, the sis was in a rush and ran a red light, causing her to get in an accident. She apologized profusely, and I barely convinced my husband not to press charges or take her to court. The total cost amounted to $15,000 in damages that my husband has to pay for out of pocket. Because she was on the insurance policy, so the insurance isn't going to cover the car. He had to pay to get the car fixed. Anyways, let's get to the actual situation. We host family reunions every year at our house where both sides of the family come to over to just party and catch up. My sister came, obviously, and it was pretty awkward when they were around each other. I was talking to my husband and sis about investing, and when my sister chimed in about buying some apartment houses or uh, apartment rooms or houses to rent out, my husband then just came in and said, let's hope you don't cause $15,000 of damages this time. <laughs> my sister just got up and left after that. I brought my husband into the living room inside and told him he needed to get over what BS he's holding on to, and I reminded him the accident happened almost four years ago. He then said, okay, so right now I'll throw your shit in the trash, and in 2027, if you're still mad, I'll bring up this exact conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Since then, I've kind of been giving him the cold shoulder and have been ignoring any requests to talk about it in a civil manner. Am I the asshole? (laughs) What a great fucking response. How about I throw your shit in the trash and in four years we'll have this conversation again. (laughs) I like this guy. (laughs) Oh my God, that's great. I love that. How about I throw your shit in the trash and we'll talk to you in four years if you're still mad about it. I cannot believe... If my sister crashed your car, my sister or not, you'd be suing her in court. Well, see, but the thing is, if it was, hey, my car won't start. Can can I borrow? Can I use your car today since you're off? If she would have gotten permission, that's one thing. Yeah. But she just fucking motherfucking stole the car. She's lucky that she didn't have the cops after her. I mean, you know what the whole saying goes, right? If you wreck it, you stole it. If you wreck it, I'm going to say you stole the car. And and this... And she technically did. She, she did. She absolutely stole the car. And I understand wanting to stick with family. I get that. But there's too many people who are willing to stick with family over the person they chose to be with. You know? Yeah. When you when you marry someone, you've hitched your wagon to that person. They're your family now. Yeah. And if if you have a good marriage and you like this this marriage sounds like there's goofy shit going on. But I'm sorry, I'm always going to take your side over my sister. But why is it? Or wanna, your why side is sister over my parents? With them anyway? Apparently, sister was down on her luck. I don't know why she's even talking about investing in properties if she can't fucking pay fifteen thousand dollars back. Now, to see, the I probably wouldn't have said, well, "Let's hope you don't cost fifteen thousand dollars this time." Be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! If you got the money for that, you owe me fifteen grand." Yeah. 
And four years later, and oh, I would still be fucking pissed about that. He's probably still paying that bill. I'd have walked in and saw her like, oh, there's that bitch that stole my car and wrecked it. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> How about I'll throw your shit away in four years. We'll see if you're still mad about it. I told you you'd like that story. I like that one. I like that one a lot. <laughs> oh, bitch, got to go. Bye. All of the, uh, all of the, uh, the comments on this one are: "You're the asshole. You're the asshole. You're the asshole. Your sister needs to pay him back. You're the asshole." <laughs> <laughs> um let's see oh here's a good one and and i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be able to answer this one just from the title okay uh, am i the asshole for yes. telling my oh, <laughs> for telling my sister we won't be coming to thanksgiving since she can't get her kids lice under control <laughs> so as stated my sister's kids 10 and 12 have lice She's been trying to get rid of them for like a month, but they keep coming back. She's tried shampoos, special combs, everything short of cutting their hair, but for some reason the lice just keep coming back. The holidays are starting to come up, and she has yet to get it under control. I have extremely long hair that I spend a lot of time caring for, and I've grown it out for a few years now. Obviously, I don't want to deal with head lice, so I told my sister over the phone that I won't make it to Thanksgiving at her house this year. When pressed for why, I said it's because of the lice infestation, to which she freaked out and called me a bitch saying that she's tried everything and the family will be disappointed if me and my boyfriend don't show up. We had a long conversation where she told me I was being selfish. Later on, different family members called to also tell me I was being selfish and that if I wear my hair up, I should be fine. This is a situation where I am okay being the asshole, but I'm not sure if I am or not. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go either. I'm sorry, if you still got lice after a month, you've got a serious problem. problem. You've got a problem with your, like you're not vacuuming, you're not putting stuff down on the carpet, you're not changing bed sheets, you're, you're not doing something. Aaron had lice when he was, I don't know, six? Six. Yeah, six, seven, something like yeah, that. Yeah, around that age. One treatment, and we washed fucking everything in the house. We had hardwood floors at that point, so we didn't have to treat the carpets. We washed everything in the house. We treated the bed covers. We treated everything. And we were done with lice in, what, like a week? I don't even think it took that long. I don't even, yeah. Cause well, it just took us that long to get everything done. <laughs> yeah, but they never, but they went away and they never came back. Yeah. I, I mm, <laughs> I'm not going to your house if you have lice. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. Nope. Not happening. Now, I will say this. Lice do not like dirty hair. That is a common myth. Right. That if you are dirty, you have lice. That that is that is absolutely a myth. Lice prefer clean hair. But if you're not cleaning your house, they will stay on the carpet and they will. I I remember when when I was a kid, well, I was about six years old. Me and my sister both had lice, and I remember mom treating everything, and they went away. Mm-hmm. Because you fucking treat the lies. And they go away. It's like magic. And they have better stuff now than they had in the 80s. So, this is a bad excuse. Yeah. We just can't get control of... No, you're not trying. Well, then, I ain't coming over there to help you. (laughs) Taking your critters back with me. (laughs) This just says, am I the asshole? Vasectomy ultimatum. 
Oh. <laughs> is this a woman or a guy? This is a woman. All right. My husband and I had our fourth child this year. <laughs> okay, that's why they need one. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Kids are great. I just, no, just not for me. <laughs> Baby factory. My husband and I had our fourth child this year. Though we are grateful to the fa have the family we have, I knew I didn't want any more children. My husband agreed. I let him know how serious I felt about not having any more kids and how other forms of birth control haven't worked well for me. I mean, hell, you and I got pregnant on two forms of birth control. Mm -hmm. Birth control is not 100%. I said that I would only have sex with him after, after I had the baby if he got a vasectomy. He was fine with that. A few months before the baby was due, he still hadn't gone to the doctor about getting a vasectomy. I reminded him, but he still didn't do it. Now, four months after the baby was born, he has still not gotten a vasectomy, and we still haven't had sex. He said that he doesn't feel good about getting snipped. I'm not attracted to him at all right now. What do I do? Do I have a breakdown? Do I break down and get an IUD or something? I forgot to mention that he is... <laughs> I forgot to mention that he has been wanting to have sex ever since I was cleared by my OB at six weeks, but I feel a little betrayed that he said he would have a vasectomy and now he won't do it. He said hot baths can be our birth control, which I just don't trust. He also said that he doesn't want to get divorced. <laughs> this is stressing me out and the postpartum hormones and lack of sleep for several weeks isn't helping too much. Am I the asshole? I don't think she's the asshole for, for wanting him to get a vasectomy. And I can understand how you may just want to be like, oh, no, I'm not too so sure about that, you know. But like, like she was saying, there, there's other options. Okay, just as a woman, all but one of the other options fall on the woman to do it. The IUD is something we have to have put up in us. Right. And we risk, with an IUD, we risk having it puncture the wall of our uterus. Right. And that is, a, that is a legitimate risk, and it can kill you. So we're risking death with an IUD. Hormonal birth control, you know it always screwed me up. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it made me suicidal at, at, at one point. Um, you could double wrap it. Yeah. Um, he, and he may be one of those guys that says, I don't like condoms. They may have gotten pregnant with a condom. She said birth control doesn't really work all that well with her. I mean, look, look at, look at we, we've got two kids because one of them swam right through. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. That made me think of some but it, dark it, humor jokes. It, it just, it feels like women are expected to do all the heavy lifting when it comes to birth control. Yeah. And most of the birth control that we are responsible for is detrimental to our bodies. Where a vasectomy is an outpatient procedure that takes about an hour. You're in pain for two days, and then you're done. Yeah, that's why they do them on Fridays, because they, they know the guys will be ready to go and good to go back to work on Mondays. Exactly. Fucking up your weekend. My fucking brother-in-law, the dumbass, refused to get a vasectomy because he was afraid it was going to steal his manhood. So he put my sister on birth control, and I'm like, you jackass. <laughs> Don't you have to have manhood to lose it? Uh, well, he always did walk like he was a little light in his loafers, I suppose. Oh, that dude's got some sugar in his tank. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's okay, but I'm just saying, he, he's got sugar in his tank. 
He just needs to admit it. That And that's the thing that, you know, like, I get it. Like, whatever. It's fine. I, I don't know. He he is he is a, a homophobic redneck. Yeah. But he walks and talks like he does, <laughs> and refuses to get a vasectomy because it'll impact his manhood. I'm like, they're not taking your balls, Nathan. <laughs> okay, it's just that that's not what happens in a vasectomy. Okay, I promise you'll keep all your stuff. It's okay. Because, like, my question was, okay, so everything's still going to work the same, right? They're like, yep, won't even be able to tell the difference. Okay. So, like, when I get there, stuff's still going to come out? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yes. I'm like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) But that was my decision. That's what I wanted to do. Well, you and I discussed whether or not it was going to be me or you that got snipped. Well, there wasn't much of a discussion. It really wasn't because you took the decision away from me. You were yeah. like, no, it's going to be me. Yeah, it's going to be me. Yeah. Because realistically, they they could have taken care of me when I was giving birth to the second baby because they would have been already in there and they just snip, snip, and they're done. Yeah, but that's still extra stuff. And I didn't want you to go through that. I didn't want to. I didn't want you to go through the risk. Yeah. And that's what worried me. I didn't want my wife to go through that risk. And so I, I took it. I took the risk because that was yeah. worth it to me. And I was, I was what, about six months pregnant with the youngest mm-hmm. when all that happened? Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because we were in the doctor's office. Because I got to watch the whole thing happen. It was so cool. <laughs> I was sitting there watching him, like, work on you. And it was, it was great. And it was, it was funny because, you know, there's two little tubes in there that they snip, right? So he pulled the second one out. And he was like, now, I don't have to snip this one unless I was like, you better fucking snip it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's like, well, and he looked over at me, and I'm very visibly pregnant, you know. And he's like, well, I would tell you guys to use birth control, but I think you're good for a few months. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good for a few months. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> but it was a very simple procedure. I mean, you sat on a bag of peas for a day and a half, and you were fine. Yeah, I mean, literally by that Monday. Now, for about a few months... Every now and then, that left one would twinge. Mm-hmm. Well, even now, and this is 13 years later, it still does occasionally. Not very often. Not very often. But it, but still, the risk to me was worth it. Yeah. I just, I, it, yeah. I couldn't let you do that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Well, this guy needs to man up, get his damn vasectomy, and then he can start having sex with his wife again. I mean, just because the roller coasters broke down don't mean the whole amusement park is shut down. <laughs> she had a baby four months ago. Okay, you leave her alone. <laughs> you look like a chicken when you're doing that. That's what she needs to be doing. <laughs> Am I the asshole for telling my dad's wife, my dad's wife. Okay, Am I the asshole... For telling my dad's wife, so it'd be his this person's stepmother, mm-hmm. that her son has more issues than being bad at math. <laughs> I th- I'm going to need some more on this one. This is a real short one. Okay. I'm 17. I only see my step one, stepmom once every couple of months. 
The age of consent in our country is 15. Her son, who's 26, is in prison after he made a mistake and thought their 14-year-old neighbor was already 15. My dad's wife was complaining about it to me yesterday when I was over at their place. She was telling me that her son's a, quote, wonderful boy who just happened to be bad at math and then said, you, you could easily make the same decision, your, uh, you could easily make the same mistake yourself. Hearing that set me off, so I told her that at my age, I'm already icked out at the idea of sex with a 15-year-old, and I would be even more grossed out by the time I turned 26. I said, sorry your son is in prison, but a 25-year-old who wants to sleep with a 15-year-old has more issues than just being bad at math. My dad later said he agrees with me, but I didn't have to say it when she was already worrying about how her son is doing, that I didn't have to, quote, twist the knife that was already in her back. Am I the asshole? <laughs> No, I could have some funny shit. <laughs> He's a little bit of an asshole. <laughs> a little bit of an asshole. No. But I'm sorry, if you're 26 years old and you're hanging out with 15-year-olds, math is not your problem. I mean, well, you <clears throat> they might not necessarily be hanging out with 15-year-olds. He could have just met this 15-year-old, what he thought was 15. I don't know. But still, that's awful young. She's their neighbor. She's 14. I guarantee you this guy groomed her. Yeah. Because like, I think we've had the conversation before, and it's going to sound kind of icky at first, all right? <laughs> Try me. No, no. Okay, because say, like, if you see someone that you know is very obviously younger than you, like, way younger, and we're not even necessarily talking about, like, say, like, our age right now, somebody that's 18, uh-huh. right? You can't help it if you look at that person and you think that person is sexually attractive. Are you saying you like 15 year olds? I said 18. Oh, 18-year-olds. Okay. Right. But where it all lies is how do you act on that or do you attempt to act on that? Because I, I, I can see a young girl somewhere and think, oh, she's pretty. You know, and if somebody says, oh, dude, you're 47, she's like 19. Okay, she's still pretty. I'm not I mean I'm oh, gonna go. Oh, you're talking about aesthetic beauty versus sexual beauty. Yeah, I was like, okay. you know, I was like, because you're starting to worry me there for a second. I mean, that, that, that's not <laughs> that's not mean. I'm going to go try and try to pick up on this girl because I think she's pretty. Okay, you so know what I mean, like uh, when, when I'm when I'm watching TV and movie stars and TV stars are getting younger and younger, right? Because I'm getting older and older, right? So I'm looking at these people and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, that's a good looking person, right? But I guess it's just me, or maybe the way I've matured and the way that I've grown, I don't see that person as a sexual being. Right. They're just, they're like not my type anymore. Like 15 years ago, yeah, 100%. Now, I can see the aesthetic beauty that they possess, but they are not sexually attractive to me at all. I like guys that are more mature because... My tastes have grown with me. Right. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I understand that. And I understand what you're saying. Like, you can look at, you know, a, a younger female, a female younger than me, 
and see the aesthetic. Like if you're at the gym and some girl walks by, yeah, you, you see her nice ass. You don't know how old she is. Yeah, and all of a sudden she turns around, <clears throat> you, you look at her, you see her face, you're like oh shit, she looks like she's 15 fucking years old. What's she doing in here? Yeah, and then you're kind of grossed out by that. Yeah, but, like, but 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 what lies the issue at that point? Okay, that's the end of it. Yeah. You don't go act on it. You don't don't go talk to that so person. It's you not don't try your, to get with that know, person. You can't really be held at fault for what you see is is considered attractive. Yeah. It's what do you do about that thought? Yeah. Do you say, I don't give a shit how old she is, she looks good, I'm gonna go talk to her. Mm-hmm. That's when you're overstepping. Yeah. And I and I, I think I think a lot of people and, and this is men and women get emotionally stunted to where they continue going after these people that are just like a not age appropriate you know like you'll see it's a big joke about leonardo dicaprio only dating you until you turn 25 and then he breaks up with you he is an emotionally stunted person severely emotionally stunted. he keeps trading them in for younger ones and and there's there's i'm sorry there's something wrong with you when you do that like that's like that's not okay. You know, you're he's how old is he? He's he's almost fifty. He doesn't need to be dating twenty year olds. I have no idea how old he is. Because I, I, I think he's a little older than me. Um, <clears throat> but like, but see, like, what I've heard with guys that age that date younger girls, the reason they do it when they can is because they have said that. Being that age, they, I don't know how to word this, but they like the idea of someone so much younger thinking that they're attractive. I get that. I get that. Okay. I 100% get that. It's an ego boost when somebody that young and attractive. Ego boost. Okay. That's the word I couldn't think of. Thank you. It's a huge ego boost. Because I have no ego. And so... You know, I'm very humble, you know, so I, that's why I didn't know that word. Okay, honey. That's right. <laughs> but he, a hundred this guy in this story, a hundred percent knew she was 14. Especially oh, yeah. if, that, if, especially if that's the neighbor. Yeah, if that's the neighbor. Now, if it was some random person they met somewhere. Like if she had a fake ID and went to a bar. Okay. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Right. She's your neighbor. You know she's fourteen. You know how she is. Yeah. You know. You know. You know. <laughs> he groomed her. Got her to have sex. And now he's in prison paying for it. And she told somebody. I hope her dad beat the fuck out of this guy too, before they send him to prison. Hundred percent. I've always said, if somebody rapes one of my kids. <laughs> And I'm at the court hearing. I'm going to say the best thing you can do for that kid, that that guy, whatever, that just raped my kid, is to put him in prison. Yeah, because if I ever see him outside of here. Because if he's not in prison, he's going to be in a graveyard. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking kill him. I'll tell you right now, I'll go to prison for the rest of my life. I don't give a shit. You rape my kid, I'm going to fucking beat you to death. Yeah. Well. Am I the asshole? Yes. Oh, sorry. For leaving my boyfriend's nephew in the car while I went to go buy food. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love these that are so vague. (laughs) 
here's some stuff that we need to know. Okay. <laughs> is <clears throat> how old is this nephew? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What kind of car did they leave him in? Mm-hmm. What was the weather outside? Mm-hmm. How long were they gone for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need some information here. My boyfriend's nephew is five. Okay. Since there wasn't school yesterday and his mom had to work, he spent the day with us. We took him to the park and afterwards we decided to just buy something for lunch and we went to McDonald's. But we also needed toilet paper and a place that sells it was literally right there. So my boyfriend agreed that he'd get the toilet paper and I'd buy the food. My boyfriend actually gave gave me his credit card, which was sweet. I could have taken the drive-thru, but the line was long, so I just went inside. I didn't take the kid with me because I knew... Um, he, um, because I knew I wouldn't be gone for long, but my boyfriend got back before me and he was mad that I left him in the car. I didn't even see what the big deal was considering his window was cracked open. So it wasn't like, uh, and we were, so it wasn't like hot and we were both only gone for a few minutes. So he wasn't in the car burning up. If he was so concerned that he could have easily taken him across the street. How am I the problem here? I feel like I did nothing wrong. Am I the asshole? She's the asshole. (laughs) Because if it was... Hey, here, you go to get the food. I'm going to walk over here real quick. At that point, I'm entrusting you with my nephew. And I get back, and I see there's the car. Why is it not in the drive-thru? Okay, I guess they went inside. Then I go up, and I see my my nephew's still in the car, and he's five? My first thing is, bitch, what the fuck are you thinking? Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter. Are you dumb or stupid or both? It doesn't really matter if it's not hot outside because if the sun is out and that kid is in the car, it's going to get hot in that car. Yeah. Regardless of what the the outside temperature of the of the you know the the atmosphere is, because the sun beating through those windows is going to heat that car up. She should have taken the fucking kid into McDonald's with her. She was being lazy. <laughs> I mean, what was been what have been so difficult about taking him inside? He could have helped her carry stuff. He's five; he can carry stuff. She just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, that's all that was. Being selfish and an or asshole. Or she could have just waited in the fucking drive-through line. Waited in the drive-through. I mean, I'll do that sometimes. Like if I pulled into Walmart or like McDonald's, and the lines were long, and I go park, I always look say, "What's the last car in the line?" <laughs> okay, it's that little white SUV. I'm going to go in there and order my food. And I come back out and be like, ha, ha, you're just not ordering your food, fucker. And I go get in my truck and I'll leave. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or if I'm sitting over there waiting for my food and I see the white truck go by and I'm like, fuck. Should have gotten in the drop. Should have stayed in the damn line. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's turned out both ways. Yeah. You know? Now, I've left our kids in the car before, but they are 13 and 14. And we left the car running and left the keys in it and said, don't let anybody get the keys. Yeah. Don't let anybody in the car. Lock it. But they're 14 and 15. That's a little different than a five-year-old. That's different than five. Because that five-year-old could open the door himself and just wander off. Yeah. Mm. Asshole. I don't say it's an asshole. I just say that's just fucking stupid. Careless. Yeah. Extremely careless. All right, so I got one more for you. All right. One more. All right. Um, let's see. Let me make sure. Oh, hang on. This is not the right one. Oh, my gosh. 
Hang on. How are you not prepared? I'm sorry. You should be. Oh, here, here prepared. it is. Here it is. Okay, I am 40, and I am a lesbian. Am I the asshole for refusing to help my struggling birth father? When my mom was alive, she knew and respected my choice to keep it a secret as my dad was very angry and a giant homophobe. Unfortunately, I lost my only support, my mom, when she passed away when I was 16. My dad met my stepmother less than a month later through his church buddies. They got married within a few months. My stepmother had two daughters around my age. I was doing great at school and I was generally a good kid. My stepsisters were always causing trouble at school and were giant losers and my stepmother hated me from day one. One day she read my diary and found out that I liked girls. She asked me and I begged her not to tell my dad. She gave me a hug and promised me. Within a few hours I heard my dad screaming and was, he was furious. She basically not only told my dad but also cried and said she and her angel daughters don't feel safe anymore because of my sexual orientation. I remember my dad broke into my room with his belt in his hand. After he beat the living crap out of me while the door was open and everyone could clearly see me, he threw me out of the house. I begged him to let me stay until morning and he said no and didn't even allow me to pick up little things that meant a lot to me like my mom's photos, gifts she had bought me. After spending the night in the shelter, I was fortunate enough to find a forever home when my mom's best friend and her husband took me in and I became their daughter. I went to a great university eventually and right now I have a great job. Here's the thing. My stepmother has emailed me. She heard I have a good job. She's saying my dad is sick, he needs care, and they need money. She wants me to support them. She went on and on about their hardship. Am I an asshole for refusing to help? I can easily help, but why should I? They're not my family. They kicked me out. Is it not wrong to give them a second chance? Fuck them. Fuck them. Hell no. Not after that? No, sir. Uh-uh. I would, only reason they contacted and wanted to mend fences is, like you said, found out that she has a good job. I would send them back a letter. This comment says, "Fuck that homophobic piece of shit." I hope he dies. This comment, um, I like this. This is what I would send back in a letter. I promise to take as good a care as my biological father as he took of me when he kicked me out at sixteen. Yep. And that just, <clears throat> that shit right there just absolutely just destroys me. Yeah. That just, oh, that is horrible. I don't understand how you could do that to your kid. Never one. He didn't want that kid there in the first place. No, he didn't. Stepmom didn't want that kid there. Yeah. And stepmom got him to get rid of the kid. Stepmom knew that would what would happen. Mm-hmm. And dad went along with it because dad is an angry bigot. And that just, I just, I don't understand how you can take your flesh and blood and just kick them out on the street and say you don't give a shit what happens to them. She slept in a shelter. At 16. At 16. That's going to make me cry. That's horrible. And then this gold digging bitch is going to have the gall. To come back decades later and say, can you please help us? Fuck you. Exactly. Fuck you and your family. Fuck you and that homophobic asshole that kicked me out when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Beat me and kicked it's me like, out. Help who? He's not my dad. I just... Mm. He may have been the sperm donor that got me here, but he ain't my dad. He ain't my dad. Nope. I've got a dad. They're the ones that took me in when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the asshole. 
and I hope she doesn't give them a dime, and I hope she doesn't go. I, I, I hope she goes to the funeral so she can piss on his grave. Cause that just send him a letter. Send that letter with a quarter. That's all you're worth to me. This is what you're getting. This is how much I help I'm willing to give you. It may not be much, but it's 25 cents more than what he gave me. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye, Felicia. I shouldn't have said nope. Because <laughs> now every time I hear anybody else say nope, you know what my mind does? Chuck Testa. Chuck Testa. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear nope without thinking Chuck Testa. So that's the last one I definitely wanted to read to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good one. That was that was a good one. I think that was a good one to end on. Um, we'll probably do some more of these next week. Because to be honest, I don't have a whole lot of stuff that's happening that I could talk about on the podcast. Right. Other than the fact that my assistant sucks and I'm probably going to fire him in a week. <laughs> But that was the first 16 minutes of the podcast that didn't record. <laughs> yeah. Seems like always something happening with me at work, though. Yeah. Well, you have really good stories at work. They're fun. So, all I didn't right. get to piss off one of the night shift guys of the day. That was fun. Oh, you did? What'd you do? Well, you know, we have two guys that goes from Little Rock to Memphis every night. Mm-hmm. And they bring trailers back. Mm-hmm. We got one person that goes to Dallas and comes back. Mm-hmm. And when it comes time for him to get back and on a forklift, he's fucking useless. Right? He's well, lazy. Well, you've been complaining about that since right. he was hired. But he didn't bring back very much the other day. Uh... One of the guys that came from Memphis didn't bring back a whole lot. So we got both of those trailers done pretty quick. And then the other guy, his trailer was full. And I had our dock worker and the other Memphis, the other guy that goes to Memphis helping me get stuff off the dock and load it onto the trailers in order for the city guys to go do their deliveries. Okay. Because you start getting too much, it gets crowded. And so... And the Dallas guy was helping our other Memphis guy unload that trailer. Then all of a sudden, the Dallas guy stopped helping him and started helping us load stuff in the trailers. And I'm like, well, my first thought was, because I'd walked by and glanced at his trailer not long before that, and there wasn't a whole lot of stuff left in it. So I was just thinking maybe it was... Maybe they got done. Maybe they got done. Mm Mm-hmm. But then I noticed I didn't see the other Memphis guy. And I'm like, where the fuck's he at? Because I know when they get done unloading their trailers, because it's, it's annoying, but we have certain doors that they're supposed to get in while they unload, mm-hmm. right? And then when we get done unloading them, they, move their, they have to move their trailers down because we have designated doors that we use for Memphis trailers and designated doors we use for Dallas trailers. Mm-hmm. So they have to go move their trailers down to that corresponding door. So that's where I thought he had gone. Which is no big deal because that's what they're supposed to do. But then I heard something. 
and I go look at his trailer, and he had some shit that fell over in the front. So this motherfucker that was helping him, when he saw that there was an issue in the trailer, just quit helping. So that he wouldn't have to go in there and try to help him figure out how to get this shit off the trailer. He just decided to change what he was doing. Did you go punch him in the face? No, I was standing on the dock. And when I saw that, I was like, because he asked me, he goes, which, which, which one of these pallets got to be loaded next? And I said, well, you don't have to worry about that. I said, because these two guys here, they're, they're getting this done for me. I said, you need to go back over there and see if he needs what kind of help, what you can do to help him. Because I didn't realize he was in there by himself trying to get this shit picked up. I said, so you need, they're doing this. You need to go see what you can do to help him. And he was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> But you said this guy's worthless anyway. I know. He's lazy as hell. And then like <clears throat> Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning. Uh, one of the Memphis guys got held up for something. And so he actually only got back about five minutes before the Dallas guy did, right? Mm-hmm. And to the point when he got in and backed up, when he got out of his truck, the Dallas guy was just pulling in. And as he started backing up to the door, he waited at him to stop, and he went over there and opened the trailer doors for him. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, like, if we're done with everything else and we're waiting on him, we're all sitting in the office bullshitting, and we see him pulling in. We all kind of stop and kind of look back to see when he goes past us if he has a swing door on his trailer or if it's a roll-up door. Because mm-hmm. if it's a roll-up door, he'll pull up and back in, and we can start going. If it's a swing door, we know we got an extra 20 minutes. Because he'll pull up and stop, do whatever the fuck he does in his truck, takes two minutes to walk from his truck to the back end of his trailer. Right? 53 feet. Right? Slowly opens his doors. Latches them. Looks at the load. And then two minutes to walk back. And then once he backs in, he's going to sit in his truck for another 10 or 15 minutes. And I told told the terminal manager I was on the phone was like this motherfucker right here, and he goes, well, don't touch his shit until he gets inside and he starts on it himself. And I was like, you stating the obvious, man. I ain't, I've already told everybody don't touch shit on his trailer until he gets inside. And to the point where we were all done, one morning this week, all four of us, me, the two Memphis guys, and the dock worker, all at our forklifts, done, sitting on the dock lined up next to each other talking for 25 minutes waiting for him to walk inside what is he doing is he rubbing one off he sat in the truck for a while and this is and we knew it was going to take longer because when he has a swing door he can see what the load looks like and if it's fucked up on the end then he takes forever because he doesn't want to have to deal with it. He wants uh, he wants to give us time to get the fucked up shit off so he don't have to deal with it. We sat out there and waited for him. He finally come inside. He saw us all sitting out there just bullshitting. Hadn't even pulled the rope down yet. So it was very obvious. Because our dock worker started to pull the rope and drop the dock plate. I was like, nope. 
<laughs> Don't you touch it. He gonna do it. Then he went into the bathroom. I guess he went in there, rubbed one off, took a shit. He was in there for like 15 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're just sitting there waiting for him. And he finally comes out of the office and is like, starts kind of, you know, he's huffing and puffing and shaking his head. We let him drive right by us on the forklift. He looked at every one of us, and I'm just smiling. <laughs> he got off his lift. He, he pulled the rope. He dropped the dock plate. He pulled the first pallet off, and then we went to town and got his shit unloaded. <laughs> Like, we ain't touching it. A fucking thing on his trailer. He gets his little sorry ass out here. <laughs> Done that to him several times. And he still doesn't learn, does he? It, is it... And like yesterday morning, or this morning, mm -hmm. the dock worker looked at me and goes, can we start this shit yet? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I said, most of this shit's going to Amazon, and he's only got like 12 pallets, so it's fine. <laughs> That's horrible. Is it vindictive? Is that what I am? Are you the asshole? Am I the asshole? <laughs> you should write that up as an uh, "Am I the asshole?" story and send it into Reddit to see if anybody <laughs> anybody thinks you're the asshole. Am I the asshole? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm the asshole in that situation. I'm being an asshole for not doing his work for him. Okay, so you're not the asshole, but you are being an ass to him. But you are not the asshole in this situation. But I'm not letting him, his laziness. You're not allowing. I'm not allowing him to use his laziness to take advantage of other people. Yes. Yes. Because, like, there was one morning, and, like, because, like, I've even got the terminal manager in on this shit, right? I've got him doing it, too. Uh, a week or so ago, when it got, like, butt-ass cold outside, he came back in. We had his trailer finished before he ever stepped foot on the dock. Before he ever came out of the office. And when I saw him in the office, I told him, I was like, damn, man, I didn't even think he was here. I thought, I mean, I just saw him in the office. I thought he was already gone because I hadn't seen him in so long. I figured you just told him, man, just fuck it, just get out of here. Get it, stay out of the way, go home. And he goes, no, he ain't even made it out of here yet. So I'm like, and there was one trailer that we picked up like 12 pallets we had 12 pallets came in on one of the inbound trailers that was all going on one trailer, right? And it was like those cardboard uh, edge protectors, mm -hmm. right? One of the other Memphis guys went to go start loading it. Terminal manager said, ah, wait. And I'm <laughs> like, Fuck. that's the last thing going on the trailer. And, uh... Mr. Dallas guy come finally moseying his little ass out of the office. Because what he would do, he would do that, take so long, so that terminal manager told him, no, you're fine, go ahead and go, we got it. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's hoping for. Yeah, so right? he can basically go home without having to do any work. Right. So, and he come out there and he's kind of like, oh, looking around, didn't see nothing on the dock except for that stuff and a little bit of stuff we were loading out there buying. Well, I guess you don't need me this morning, huh? And he's like, yeah, get on your lift. Those 13 pallets down there, those 12 pallets, you need to go ahead and get them loaded on uh, door 36. Go ahead and get those done. And he kind of looked, and I looked at Joe, and he goes, you got damn right. I left those there for him. <laughs> That's why I didn't let the other guy load them. I'm like, That's what I'm talking about, Joe. I knew I'd learn you sooner or later. Took you a little while to catch on. 
I'm glad you finally get in the hang of this shit. <laughs> oh my goodness. We've been going for a while. I know. <laughs> but you get me rambling, so. I know. I like it when you talk about work. Because you have good stories. Well, there's always something that happens. Every fucking week something goes on. Yeah. Well, come back and see us next week. And we'll have even more stories for you. We may do, because uh, I like doing the Am I the Asshole ones, but I also want to look at some of the others, like maybe the relationship subreddit and like see like some people that are having issues and, you know, see who which side we're going to be on and things oh, like that. Haven't we done that before? Well, I don't know if we've done relationships, but that would be... No, I want to say we've done something all along those lines. We may have, I don't know, but I, I think it would be fun to kind of do some of those and like pick apart. Oh, is the guy the one being the being the idiot, or is the woman the one being the bitch, or you know? Yeah. And, and just kind of see. That could be dangerous. I know it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I say dangerous, you say fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, come back and see us next week um, here at the Shays Lounge. Um, now that we finally said who we are, <laughs> because seriously, we lost a good twenty minutes of podcast material at the beginning because I forgot to hit record. Yeah. Or I didn't hit the right button. I, I thought I had hit record, but I had not hit record. And a good 30 minutes of of content. Well, it was at least, it was, it we, was exactly one episode of Big Bang Theory without the commercials. So that's about 24 minutes. Yeah, because it started it. Then you started that. We started the podcast. And when that episode finished is when you realized you had to push the record <laughs> button. I feel like such a dummy. <laughs> but you know what? That, that's just part of what happens sometimes. So, anyway, come back and see us next week, and we'll have more stuff. You can get me on all the socials, um, at Cricket Shea, um, or at Cricket Shea, the number one, on threads and Instagram. Um, I like your idea with starting a Facebook page. Um, so, I may, I may set or one Or just up. something, just so we can, like, because I, that Celanese, that's the one that you could put on there. Yeah. That, you know, this is... <laughs> Oh, we selling these. All right, well, there you go. What do you mean, there you go? That's your name. <laughs> oh, is this the... No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come back and see us next week, and we love you. Bye. <laughs>